0: and welcome to absolute bedlam podcast hope everyone's all right on this very very sunny sunday evening right so tonight i've got quite a special guest and to be honest i wasn't sure if i was going to actually be able to get him on but here he is so i've got sam brown ex-musician memories of desert rose which was the first kind of proper band i was with him uh being in a band what it's actually like behind the scenes uh, published author and the book that he has written is called Swords of Satsukawa and I hope that's right. So Sam, how's it going? What are you back to?
1: Hey Ben, yeah, not bad. Um uh, all kinds of crazy things. Obviously writing stuff and um you know yeah. trying to survive in the uh, in the in this situation. <laughs> the situation. As it most is
0: apocalyptic world that is yeah. Yeah. the world. Yeah. <laughs> <They do. laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's good to hear from you, and I'm glad that uh, you've uh, taken the the dive. And uh, I've got to be honest, um, I was quite surprised that I know that you were quite sort of anti-Facebook when I knew you. Um, hmm. I was quite surprised to see you on Twitter.
1: Okay. <laughs> you were
0: like, like, retweeting stuff and like liking it, and obviously a lot of it's to promote your book and stuff like that. But um, you were quite responsive on that. And obviously, I think when I first met you, you had like a sort of old school smartphone sort of just about able to connect to the internet but you were like oh, i hate it i can't can't stand it sort of thing so uh yeah it's obviously showing that you've uh evolved and adapted to the uh, to the modern day so i uh, just wanted to mention that quickly also i haven't pre- prefaced any of this podcast at all because i know that me and sam are going to talk about desert rose quite a lot and sort of the behind the scenes and the behind the curtain you know what it was really like obviously At the end of it, you know, I think if I'm remembering it correctly, we had a bit of an argument. Mm. Uh, We played Croydon with a band called Zico Chain, which was probably our biggest gig that we'd ever done. And I think we played really, really well, but I think we just came at odds with each other. Like not just me and you, I think the whole band was just going through quite a lot. Obviously Ross had multiple projects on the go. Um, Adam was probably looking at moving because he was stuck in the middle of nowhere. Abbas. And Jim kind of had it on the back burner for a little bit, I felt. And I've spoken to Jim. I still speak to him daily, basically. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to hear your side. And I'm not going to take any offence to anything that you say. And I am willing to accept any feedback that you have for me. So <laughs> ado, let's just get into it.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I still have the same phone, by the way. So I haven't evol- evolved entirely. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah same phone but um it's still working believe it or not but yeah no i as you said um i, I jumped on twitter really for networking yeah. writing stuff but um yeah so uh yeah that that was a culture shock but um yeah i enjoyed enjoy yeah. using it i guess you know for what it is um yeah. it's one of those necessary things you know when you're trying to it promote is, things yeah. off your own back as it you is. as you well know yeah i do um yeah 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 the Croy- Croydon croydon was, was that the last one we did was that the one when the guys from Iron Maiden were there?
0: Do you know what? I don't think it was actually Croydon. I think it was the centre of London. It was a place, I think I remember the name, it was Ruse Recording Studio. Um, And we played with Steve Harris's daughter. That's I it. I can't remember the band name at all. No, I can't. Um, And a few other bands that were kind of local to the area. I know Adam really, really pulled some strings to get us on that bill. Mm-hmm. Um Zico Chin can kind of essentially pick whoever they want, really. And they just released an album. Um, so yeah, obviously I think Steve Harris showed up to that gig, but it was a really small venue.
1: It was, yeah, yeah. I remember it was it was strange. It's kind of it looked like an entrance hall, didn't it? <laughs> when you went yes. in and then all of a sudden the stage was just there at the back.
0: Just imagining that now with all of the uh virus and pandemic, just imagine that many people close together now. It's it makes me feel strange.
2: But yeah. Yeah. Ho- we hopefully
1: we get back to those days, uh, maybe sooner than you yeah. think.
2: Yeah. But yeah, so, yeah.
1: Let's be positive. Yeah,
0: of course. Yeah. Yeah. It, I f- do find talking about COVID becomes very negative because a lot of people have been affected by it in quite drastic ways. Mm. But yeah, I, I think most people, you know, A, they've had enough of it and B, you know, a lot of people are getting vaccinated and there is a light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, there's a lot of people walking around outside at the moment and that sort of stuff. But yeah, I won't talk about COVID because, uh, i don't want to get us cancelled <laughs> no that's that's, <laughs>
1: that's probably a good idea so
0: yeah what's um what's your memories of desert rose then uh, right? good or bad
1: yeah it, uh, i kind of have two answers to be honest i mean um yeah, go for it. yeah we, you know what we had some good times um yeah. I, I i do yeah have some fun memories i suppose here and there um yeah i suppose ah oh, this is a strange one it's gonna may take some explaining but um okay you know having having been on the personal journey that i've been on over the past well i oh, it, must have been 10 years i think since we finished oh, that wow. band yeah i know <laughs> that's that's an eye-opener isn't it 10 years yeah um yeah I, I gotta say there's 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 a lot of negativity back then for me um i try not to dwell on the past too much these days
0: no that's good well done yeah
1: um I mean as as for the Croydon gig, that last one we did, Zico Chain. Um, yeah, you, you, so you thought we played okay. I thought that was our worst gig, <laughs> honestly, performance wise. I've,
2: I've got to be
0: honest, I was just enjoying the fact that I had a wireless system and I was able to run Because <laughs> Adam was very, very energetic in his performances, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, like obviously this is probably on on a bit of a tangent, but guess what, guys? It's a podcast. So, um, Ross was obviously behind the kit, so he wasn't really able to do much other than play drums very well. Um, Jim very much planted himself into the ground at gigs. Yeah. And obviously, you had your sort of, uh, I think you referred to it in the past as a dancing partner, which was your microphone my stand. My mic stand, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think being wireless and free really like allowed me to play perfectly, if that makes sense. Like, I felt a bit more not tethered to my amp
1: you weren't kind of conscious uh, of maybe tripping over or anything.
0: Yeah, just like everything just yeah, is more freedom, really, I suppose. But um, yeah, to answer your question, I think we played okay. Um, I think we kind of made the setup whilst we were getting to London, um, which is something that I remember, like, I won't mention him too much because I'm not a massive fan of him as a human being, but Hex would very much say... <laughs> um, let's wing it this is the desert rose way we've just got to make everything up on the spot yeah and literally goes against everything in my entire body (laughs) spontaneous shit and just hope it works Mm. like i remember when we were recording like wreck the slide or whatever it was called my memory is ridiculous just on a side note I i can't believe how much is in here but i know that some of it needs to seriously fuck off and allow me to get some new information in my brain um but yeah, like when we were recording with Paul Rutherford, if you remember him.
1: Yeah, I remember Paul. Yeah, I—I'd be honest, my my memory isn't great. Um, I, I've abused yeah. my brain with things, um, Depends. over the past ten years. Yeah. So, but yeah, I've—I—it's I've, yeah. strange. Like you said, I—I I kind of I spontaneously remember really just weird things from that time. But then, yeah. if I try yeah, yeah. and think about things, it's just like there are blanks there.
0: Yeah. But the point I'm trying to make is Hex used to make up guitar solos and then never be able to remember them. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) And that was just so infuriating. Like, I can't imagine being a music producer and trying to work with that because that must just drive you nuts that every single time is completely different. Um, I think structure and sort of routine are very sort of driven into us these days and i'm very much like um like recently i've been going on about this for probably hours at this point on the podcast but i've recently started jogging okay and there's it takes a lot for me to not jog now even if it's like raining i'll still go out and i'll get in my car and be like no you're gonna do this and you're gonna do at least 5k and i think holding yourself accountable and sort of having a bit of structure really helps with that
1: self-discipline um,
0: yeah. Just not looking for excuses to sort of just go, that will do. Yeah. And, you know, every time you say that will do, it probably won't.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, I literally can't even remember what we were talking about. Um, So I think we played quite well at that gig. Um, I'm not really sure what we were expecting to get out of it, other than we got their album, which was, I think, called Devil in Your Heart. We got that about a year earlier before it actually came out. Okay. It was kind of like a listening party gig. Um. But yeah, it was all right. Um, I think we've definitely played better gigs. And obviously, Jim, uh, Adam, and probably another person drove us there. And playing on, you know, four hours of driving and then four hours back is never a good situation. No. If you're the driver, you're just going to be so fatigued and so horrendous by the time you get home. I
1: think, to be honest, looking back, that was one of the things that really kind of wore on us. It was the kind of, you know... It was how kind of ass about face it all was. We had to drive ourselves, like you said, four hours to places. Yeah. And it was obviously harsh on Jim and um, Adam yeah. and so on and so forth. And Then you had the rest of us kind of, you know. Yeah. There, there, there were a lot of little things like that, I think, that kind of drove wedges between us.
0: Yeah. No, definitely. Like, I wasn't able to drive then. I've been driving now for seven years, which is pretty crazy. And the felt like I'm still alive is... Well.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why I haven't gone um, in for it.
0: Yeah. And I know that, obviously, you were quite... Um, sort of against driving really and i felt that you had a very defined role in desert rose which was write lyrics um come up with some ideas um we did quite a lot of writing sessions Mm. um, which was quite cool outside of practice we would meet up in the evening and stuff and i remember like our epic after practice cove sessions that (laughs) sometimes lasted like seven hours yeah
1: yeah Um, the drinking was good
0: yeah. As I've mentioned in some previous podcasts like I I used to work in a bar and I had to fight tooth and nail to get every single Sunday off. So I was going to fucking enjoy it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I remember did. you used to work at the White Hart, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I
0: remember, uh, you know, somehow getting home. <laughs> but yeah, I was very I was very driven literally to get like drivers and to I think one of the things that I think went wrong is I started saying yes to quite a lot of gigs, and they're on like Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Sunday yeah. night. And I think you've really got to be harsh on your availability sometimes because people will take the piss out of you. Yeah, and they'll they'll pay you and they won't pay you. They'll say that they'll give you a tenner for petrol, which you know if you drive as fuck all, it's about you know eighty miles maybe. Mm which doesn't even get you halfway to some of the gigs that we played.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, again, it goes back to the fatigue thing. We crammed in so much in such a short space of time.
0: And we were also trying to be a double band. We were trying to be a covers band and an originals band, which is flipping hard. Um, I've spoken to John Belfield from Sanctuary on this a couple of times.
1: Oh, John. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's not been in a band since Sanctuary. He says he's completely lost that spark. Um, he's actually got his own podcast. So shout out to Isolation Booth Podcast. <laughs> cool. I'll, have to, uh, I'll have to get him on soon because I went on his and he went on mine sort of thing. But um, yeah, it was just hard. And I think we were all, I think Desert Rose was the only band that I was in that I really felt that we were all very, very united. And it was very much like whatever it takes. Mm. And I just didn't feel that that was enough, which is mental, because what else can you give? Um, you know, the fact that we had to go to a hall on a Sunday, probably about 9am, which is ungodly, um, set up a whole band's room full of equipment. Um, you know, luckily we get, we got to keep it at the hall, didn't we?
1: We did. Yeah. In the basement. Yeah. I remember. Yeah.
0: I remember like setting up and thinking fucking hell this is hard. <laughs> like, not
1: you know what? Like, yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, there was never a lack of effort at any point from anybody. And that's, that's one thing uh-huh. I think I can say I was proud of that yeah. band for looking back. Yeah. Um, yeah. we just, yeah. you know, I, I had my problems mentally. Yeah. <laughs> I think we were all, like you said, yeah. we were our own kind of little issues going on, didn't we? Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Like they said, there was, there was never a lack of effort. The dedication and the hard work we put in yeah. was, you know, like I said, we, man, I mean, I can't remember half of them, am sure, but, uh, well, we, we were together yeah. for like two years and we did so yeah. many shows all over the place.
0: Yeah. But you think two years of 730 days, I reckon for about 200 to 250 of those days, we were potentially gigging or practicing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We practiced every single week. Um, none of us would ever show up late. None of us would piss around because I always had that in bands pre-Desert pre, pre Desert Rose where they would just muck about sort of jam sessions people would show up like two hours late. Some people wouldn't show up ever. Mm. It's just like, well, if you can't even show up to the place, then you're not ever going to be able to sort of ascend and develop yourself, are you? If you can't even be bothered to show up. Yeah, there needs Uh, to be that willingness there. Yeah, and it was a common goal. We were quite conscious of the music we were writing. Obviously, we knew our inspirations. Mm. Obviously, Guns N' Roses, Motorhead, uh, Aerosmith uh wild oh, Colt. i was gonna say wildflower then. the song that's cult. the first
1: song we covered wasn't it the first <laughs> song we learned <laughs>
2: yeah
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah we did loads of stuff um but it was that for me i think we struggled defining our like are we an originals band that do a bit of covering but a lot of that as well like not to completely take over this but it was very much a criteria in weymouth to have covers
1: it's that kind of town
0: it's very um if you're not playing covers you're not coming yeah. in um and the george on the sea not the, the harbour side required you to pay f- play three hours of material mm. and it's like well no one's got three hours of material as original music lying around <laughs> like that's like free hours. that yeah that's
1: like that's that's a lifetime's worth of material yeah
0: That's like Wembley Stadium. It is, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm yeah, I mean, you know what? I think I was in maybe three bands before we started Desert Rose. And I had that same problem in every band. It's just it's just something about this area and the kind of the you know, the the pub owners here.
0: Yeah. Speaking of pub owners, let's just quickly give a shout out to the railway tavern.
1: I remember getting kicked out.
0: That was ridiculous. I remember going in there like a couple of weeks before we actually played, saying like, you know, what equipment have you got here? What equipment do we need? Can we get a parking space outside the venue? And they were like, just show up, just show up. And I was just like, this isn't going to go well, but let's just. Get it it was the I landlord, suppose. wasn't it?
1: He was like, he was on a vendetta yeah. to just destroy the evening for everybody <laughs> as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, I I don't just yeah, it, business anymore. So. Really? Uh I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's weird that people like that, and they're in a position of power that obviously deals with people from the public. Like, yeah, just want to see the world burn. Yeah, something.
1: strange people. Oh, that reminds me of the um, was it was the Excise House when they kept telling us to oh, turn yeah. down all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was constant. Like we played what was Queen's Hotel, which was then the Road. Yeah, house. yeah, yeah. And our limiter was always on red. And we were sound checking and I think Jim unplugged his guitar to get a drink and we still hit red. <laughs> and it's like, obviously your limiter's is not working properly because if it gets to a certain point, if it's on red for like a minute, it will cut the power to the mm. stage. So, um, yeah, just, just weird. Like we were given so many opportunities, but they weren't fully fledged sort of opportunities. They were like half baked ideas.
1: That kind of sums Weymouth but, up um, to be honest. But, uh, yeah yeah
0: just show yeah. up sort yeah. of, to hope that it works yeah. um i do remember very specifically that we played outside the lazy lizard on the seafront and i remember telling you that we couldn't swear <laughs> like we couldn't
1: was that was that the one actually on the beach was that
0: yeah that was on the beach that was cool actually was i don't remember that do. one very well um i think you accidentally swore like the last song but i do genuinely think it was an accident and obviously you know these things happen, but yeah, it's very much a barrier here. And there's very much a lot of gatekeepers I feel in Weymouth and just in general, probably. Mm, yeah. Uh, very much. If you don't fill our minimum criteria, then you can't play key fest. You can't play, um, you know, there was a venue that I was really, really interested in. I can't remember. It might've been Swansea. It was called Sin City. And I thought that that's such a perfect rock and roll band sort of opportunity. Mm and they put us on like a two-year waiting list okay and i was just, what like we might not be a like who the hell can wait on that like i'm just going to check my phone every five minutes and make sure they've emailed me but yeah i think we had a lot of positive gigs um i, I think we put in some good performances
1: lot- considering we were basically you know amateurs not being funny you know with all respect to ourselves yeah. um yeah We always put in, there's like, it's always 100% energy.
0: Yeah, we were always learning as we went Mm. as well. Like, I'd never played a five string bass before Desert Rose. Um, I was buying a lot of basses at that point. It was almost like an addiction. Um, But yeah, I was very um, centric to playing bass properly rather than sort of winging it like, you know, people used to do and making sure everything was in tune and making sure that everything sort of made sense musically. And then I kind of just took over the whole operations and logistics side of things. And I started booking loads and loads of gigs. Yeah, And and that was kind of my sort of, I don't know. I felt like that was something that I was really, really good at. Oh,
1: I think you were good at it. Um, Yeah, no, I think you, you know, to be, to be fair, I think you were the only one in the band who could handle that. That's never been my thing. So
0: honestly, yeah, I'd get so stressed out. I remember we were meant to book a tour, um, in, sort of line with that london show that we played and it was the most stressful thing i'd ever done in my entire life trying to match everything up so that we weren't going back on ourselves up and down the country Mm. and i said like we're going to need some sort of booking agent or we're going to need some sort of manager to help us with this because i'm just sending random emails to people um We played a gig in Cardiff, didn't we, called um, The Globe? Oh, that's
1: hilarious. Do you remember that? The the local crowd, they were like, they stonewalled everyone until the local band came on. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
0: there was Red Room Therapy that opened that, then it was us, and then it was the last
1: carnival. Yeah, yeah, I remember them.
0: I I don't remember them, mate. The last carnival, they were straight in one one ear and out the other. I don't remember anything that they played, but I really, really liked Red Room Therapy. They were quite wild. Okay. Kind of (laughs) erosophy. um but yeah it was it was a good time i remember jim had to hire a van for the that. big
1: transit van yeah i remember yeah, i remember yeah loading cool. it up outside the hall where he used to practice in the morning yeah yeah
0: i think it was a voxel and the voxel reverse stick is quite different to most cars and i remember jim was like they've given us a dodgy van it will not in reverse <laughs> so I went to youtube and tried to figure it out and you actually have to press the the stick oh, down okay. in reverse but I remember that's probably the most stressed I've ever seen Jim. He's like, I've got like four thousand fucking pounds worth of equipment in this van, and I can't do it fucking reverse.
1: <laughs> he was he was really chilled out most of the time, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, and that that was, that's what shook me. <laughs> and like with, um, with Ross as well, he was really really chilled out, wasn't he? So when he got frustrated, I would also get frustrated to kind of match the frustration, which is not a good yeah, thing to do. And, um,
1: yeah, and yeah, to be honest, I think I was kind of I, I was constantly on edge. I was constantly kind of. <laughs> um yeah at yeah, it, it war yeah. so to speak
0: yeah yeah I that. I, i'm not ever going to remember does it uh forget does it rose i'll always remember it but um yeah i just wanted to get your opinion on it really because obviously it's a bit of an elephant in the room.
1: it is i mean for me personally yeah. you know um see I, I i lost contact with all of you really after that so i haven't had any kind of you know i haven't yeah. spoken to you or any of the others about it i spoke to jim briefly a yeah. i think last year on facebook but we didn't talk about music or anything so yeah that's that's kind of yeah. why i jumped at the chance when you messaged me you know i thought hmm,
2: yeah
1: why not yeah. it'd be good to speak it'd be good to kind of reflect especially after so long
2: yeah if
0: you do want to uh, speak to jim then i'm willing to do another episode of you um obviously we can all meet up and go for a walk or something
1: yeah like yeah can do yeah I'll, I'll be game for that
0: yeah um, I think the last time I saw you in the wild as it were was potentially in a shop that you were working at I won't go into detail um, or it might have been the bus to Portland and it was the night that my new band Fisher of Riddles were playing with Zico Chain oh, right. <laughs> and I remember saying to you Zico Chain are in Weymouth uh, tomorrow night I think it was I said um, obviously I was just near you on the bus you know I hadn't sort of yeah, stalked you or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I just said, you know, do you reckon you'd ever come to Finns? I remember you very specifically, you were like, Fuck Finns. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, probably did say that. I can't remember that conversation, Ben, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, but yeah. Um
0: and then you got off. <laughs> and I thought, this isn't even his stop. He just wants to stop talking to me. <laughs> I will go out of my way two fucking miles to stop talking to you, Ben. That's how
1: annoying <laughs> you are. <laughs> uh, no, I, I have no memory of that. But um, oh, yeah. No, Finns. Oh, man. Yeah, well, fun. I mean, to be honest, I, I always felt that Finns embodied all the things we just said about Weymouth.
0: The whole not changing ever. And, just and the clickiness
1: life. and the kind of the double standards and stuff. It's just yeah, it's just a strange yeah. place. Doesn't doesn't suit me. The vibe just doesn't yeah. sit with me well.
0: If you don't like Iron Maiden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I remember all the
0: It's changed since then, to be fair, but I know exactly what you mean. It it has changed. I've not been there fucking ages, but it's become a bit more sort of pop punk, like a new generation of people have sort of uprooted that whole sort of biker gang. Uh, Okay, that's interesting. But um, when COVID ends, obviously, I'll I'll go. Yeah, I'll I'll be willing to check it
1: out. I mean, I I can't remember the last time I was in there. I went in there with other people kind of, you know, in the years since.
0: Yeah. There's quite a few people that have messaged me off the back of this podcast saying I'm up for having a drink of you when this is all said and yeah. done sort of thing. So, yeah, I'll give it a go. Right. We're approaching the 25 minute mark. I'm keen to talk to you a bit more about Desert Rose and sort of background. Yeah, we're sure. That. We're just going to go to a quick advert for Grind Fitness. Just a quick reminder that you're listening to Absolute Bedlam podcast. This show is officially sponsored by Grind Fitness and Sportswear Clothing. This active and healthy lifestyle company hails from Weymouth, and do I check out their website, which is www.grindlimited which is ltd.uk.com. That's www.grindlimiteduk.com. I've recently been given some of their products to test out and it's all been absolutely fantastic and very very comfortable to wear. The base layer doesn't cling to you and you can really feel the quality of the clothing. Get involved and start your own grind today. If you have any questions regarding any of their products, please feel free to drop me a message on my Instagram page, which is absolute better than podcast, or drop Clayton, the CEO, a message on Instagram. His uh Instagram page even is called grind which is g-r-n-d we will be very happy to help you with any inquiries that you have on your way to start your own fitness adventure thanks again to grind for allowing me to promote your products right then back to it Are you right yeah I'm back you're back cool cool right um I've just had a thought whilst I was waiting for you to join sure it's kind of related to desert rose because obviously we saw them as a bit of a uh idolizing sort of influence in the band and how our style was which was quite sort of dirty and rough and ready mm. how did you feel about lemmy kilminster dying because that really fucked me up
1: it took me a while it took a while for it to sink in um does, to be honest yeah. yeah i mean i have to say um... <sighs> actually you know what i had a conversation about musical interests and stuff um like you know bands we listen to with somebody on twitter recently i actually kind of um said to that guy you know i've been through a lot of phases yeah um listen to different bands but Mothead of the one band i've always listened to yeah. um uh, more and more so over the years yeah so um yeah yeah,
2: yeah. i
0: watched his um sort of funeral which just sounds mental to like listen to me say that like technology's come so far probably too far
1: um yeah but yeah
0: it, yeah. it was like a live stream and then they put it up afterwards and it i've was,
1: seen like, some dave, of it mm. dave
0: Grohl talking um mickey d their drummer talking phil campbell their guitarist talking about like lemmy and what it meant uh-huh. and i didn't realize uh-huh. lemmy had a son yeah yeah kept that bloody quiet and um yeah it was just like large Ulrich I didn't even know he could string a sentence together <laughs> Um, And there's so many stories And I'm just gutted That I'll never like hear him talk about Like like everything he said Just sounded funny And if you are into podcasts I would recommend that you listen to the Motorcast. I'll send you a link if you want Yeah please do um, The singer of a band called Acid Rain um, And he kind of goes through all of the people That touched Motorhead As in like the producer's the booking agents the publishers for all of the artwork and all of the um yeah just everything in the background of motorhead like the person that owned the music studio that they practiced at and they'd show up at 8 a.m fucked <laughs> <laughs> yeah they basically hit the town pretty hard and they would practice for like 12 hours and then they'd go out again and get fucked and it's just like it just sounds to me like sleep really wasn't on their agenda it just wasn't on a priority list well, I guess being they... on,
1: on the kind of quantities of speed that Lemmy used to induce, I don't think sleep was even an option, to be honest, <laughs> a lot of the time.
0: Sleep was just this weird thing that other people did. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I'll send you a link to that. That's really good, actually. Um, I highly recommend that to anyone that's listening to this. Um, so just off the back of that, what do you think our end game was with Desert Rose? What hmm. do you think? sort of moment that we said right we've done it now we've we've done exactly i think for me if i can start it might give you some ideas i think we needed to re- release an album or go on tour
1: okay um th- to be honest oh i'm sorry i'm having a bit of microphone trouble here. can you hear me okay
0: yeah that's fine yeah, yeah cool
1: okay um <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what <laughs> like what the next stage would have been. I mean, I don't know if we were capable we of making the next making stage. Next no, I agree. Um, um, there were just um, too many uh, issues.
0: Yeah, I think, like, what I'm trying to ask is, like, what was our dream? What was our sort of moment where we could go, right, that's the highest we've ever been to the top of the mountain?
1: Well, I, to be honest, me personally, I could I just kind of i had those you know delusions of grandeur i just wanted to reach the absolute top no matter how (laughs) or why or where and just keep going as high as we could you know the whole the whole the the rock star thing
0: yeah i really got that from you more than anyone Mm. That, like, at one point you were actually talking about going to la
1: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i believe i I believe the dream
0: (laughs) yeah and uh I think Guns N' Roses wrote appetite for destruction like this. They got a whiteboard and just wrote down like random sayings and they tried to like string everything together into like a song and stuff like that. And um, um, I think you very much sort of gravitated towards that because it had worked in the past mm. you wanted to see if you could do it yourself, I suppose. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Just interested to hear what your sort of, because like I said at the start of this, I said we all had a very common goal mm obviously circumstances change, you know, everything presents itself in different ways and kind of becomes problematic sometimes. Um, I think one of the things that sort of made it a bit strange, and this isn't me shouting out Ross at all, like I love Ross, I still speak to him quite a lot, um, is the fact that he started Silly Band. And I feel that that really caused a rift in terms of our schedule because we had to then balance Ross's plans with, you know... and on a Friday night, we couldn't play on a Friday night, and you know, yeah, it, I think that 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 was quite far in though. I felt that was like a year and a half in, so um I think that kind of took us by surprise.
1: Yeah, that was that was near the end, to be honest. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I I I guess to be honest, I kind of resented that a little bit, you know, because I've always been very much like we're all we're a gang, we're all on the same page, and then yeah. so when Ross went away and did that, and I'm not criticising the guy, but um, fair enough that just it just it didn't feel the same after that it felt like we were i get well certainly looking back it felt like we were that was kind of you know we were starting to snowball out of control then um and to be honest you know what my my ideas and my ambitions and the way i went about doing things were totally unrealistic which didn't help i just you know it was kind of like i had the blinkers on and we were gonna we're gonna do what i thought we needed to do no matter what and life doesn't work that way you know
0: no there's always speed bumps and there's always trepidation and sort of um challenges yeah yeah and you can't just be like i always use the phrase critical path which is literally just getting straight from where you need to be to where you are sort of thing
1: Um, yeah and i guess it's a kind of short-term kind of mentality like living in the moment i mean you know you're never going to get anywhere thinking like that and that's kind of where i was back then
0: yeah, I think potentially that might have like burnt you out because you were so like you were banging on that door so hard. Yeah. That it kind of hurt to let go, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, 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 that makes sense.
0: One of the best phrases I've ever heard, I've got two actually, just a bit of brand new inspiration from Ben. Um, you want to win the game, you have to keep playing. And if you want to get to where you need to go, sometimes you need to go from A to C to get to B. And sometimes these things, you know, come up and they could potentially end your sort of dreams and aspirations then and there. But you find a way to adapt and persevere, I think. And I think if five people can agree on that and find a way to make something happen, I think that's something that you can't buy. Mm. That's a very, very rare skill nowadays because other people will just find other things and they'll go, well, this is bloody difficult. This isn't fun anymore. I'm going to do something that is fun.
1: yeah yeah people i guess you know people have options um oh yeah i guess if you look back at the bands from like the 70s and 80s they didn't have those options yeah i think uh, i think that's that's a kind of that's a modern society thing is it's quitting culture i'm going to quit this and do something easier yeah yeah it's it's not good
2: no
0: it's not and you see it from quite a lot of obviously i know your opinion on this i don't need to ask you about this but like politicians and stuff. Mm as soon as it gets tough for them they quit and it's just like you're literally trying to lead the country and like kids are watching you resign because you got called a bully online or something like what kind of message does that send to kids obviously i know kids aren't really interested in sort of politics and stuff but yeah you're meant to be like someone that people look up to and you've just thrown your toys out of the pram on like live tv and gone fuck it i quit and it's just like Jesus. You know, I hope you've got a plan B, mate, because you're probably not going to be able to get another job after this. But yeah, it's just weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's that, you know, short termism. Um
0: Yeah. No d- hindsight. No disposable society.
1: It's all it's just it's it's a mess.
0: I like the name Disposable Society as a song
1: name. <laughs> okay. I can't remember last time I wrote a song, but okay. That's actually that's funny because you know, after after Desert Roads I had nothing going on musically i had a few jam sessions with people but i kept writing songs yeah. and I was, I was really annoyed because i thought the songs i wrote after we finished desert rose was some of the best <laughs> stuff i wrote <laughs> it's like yeah. now i don't have a fucking band <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. But, um
0: yeah. yeah so just quickly obviously that's quite a natural segue into the next thing that i wanted to talk about is i always felt that you were very very creative and i always felt that you were quite quiet about being creative and obviously in my opinion from what you've just said there is you turned your passion for creating music into creating a book um and you wanted to create a new sort of world and it was potentially like what i would call like escapism of like i've had enough of working this dreary job and you know living where i live and all that sort of stuff and you want to escape that and write your way out of it if that makes sense do you think that's a fair assumption
1: yeah i mean i guess this this is true i think in most kind of you know cases but i think you know success is a step to somewhere else isn't it it's it's or it can be a a success as a stepping stone to you know pastures new so to speak but um yeah that that was always a thing i mean when i took up writing also at that time i mean you know i'd spent i don't know eight years what ten years whatever it was in the music and then that just dried up and I was kind of spinning yeah. my wheels in, in a kind of just negative frame of mind for a while. And I needed something yeah. for myself just to give myself a kick up the ass and do. and do something yeah. positive. So, you know,
0: you, do. Yeah. you need to occupy that space with something, otherwise you'll go mental. You need be. a
1: creative outlet. Yeah.
0: You've got an itch to scratch and sometimes, you know, people drop off the face of the earth. And, you know, unfortunately, that's how quite a lot of people leave the world, if that makes sense. Mm, mm to never get that high ever again from performing or playing on stage or going into a recording studio or just being able to hang out with their mates like I think that we had like a really good friend group and I've always been told not to work with people that you're in business with but I didn't feel like that with Desert Rose partly because it wasn't a business because we we're all fucking skint. Yeah we were <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah um, you know haggling 20 quid off someone for petrol money is not a situation you want to be in Um, that was the life I lived you know I remember playing O'Neill's and um, we basically got told to leave and I said right if we play like a couple more songs just to you know make sure that we've kind of tried um, then you can take 50 quid off our bill that we agreed by email Um, you know let's just get the hell out of dodge as it were Mm.
2: Um,
0: shout out to Adam as well for forgetting my bass for that gig
1: <laughs> okay. I, I I can't remember Ben. Um yeah.
0: I can't get a staff mate. <laughs> but yeah, I think we balanced that. Like obviously I remember meeting up with you now and then, like because we both had like relatively strange days off, so we'd meet up on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday and go to the swan and we Yeah, yeah, um, we just talked about everything it wasn't necessarily just talking about the band but obviously i wanted to know who you were because you didn't really have a social media presence back then no so uh i'd text you whatever text means i I can't remember it's some sort of uh sending a pigeon to someone's (laughs) house
1: yeah arcane technology
0: that's it so yeah yeah i think let's uh let's get off desert rose and let's uh talk about your book okay so what made you want to do that other than what we've just talked about obviously why was it specifically about um is it japanese culture yeah yeah feudal
1: japan so why that okay um basically i got really into um japanese cinema especially the old samurai movies I kind of stumbled across one one night on film four, very late when I'd been out drinking and it just, it just hit me. It's like, wow. I was like totally mesmerized. So I started buying all these Japanese samurai movies and um, I guess via kind of, you know, immersing myself in that. Um, I just started getting ideas. It's like, yeah, I want to, I want to I write a story, something to do with this. Um, Cause again, you know, it's the writing thing. I went from songwriting. I was always going to keep writing of, to some way, you know, um, yeah, so yeah, and I get you know, I've always been into history, so historical fiction yeah. appealed to me. Um, yeah. and I guess you know, because as I was watching all the movies, that was just what I knew at the time, so I just went for it. I yeah. kind of jumped in the deep end, and I've just, so, yeah, I'll no, write a big cool. book about you know, such and such.
0: Yeah, I've got the book on my phone, and from what I've read so far, it's been really, really good. The problem with downloading a book on your phone is that you get quite easily distracted when people message you. Okay. Um, but I am, I am going to read it Because once I start reading a book It's my absolute life goal to finish it Because I don't like half-arsing things And I don't like half-finishing mm. stuff um, I read Kevin Hart's autobiography um, A couple of months ago I read it in about three weeks I think, start to finish So it kind of takes me a little bit To get into the thick of it And obviously that was an autobiography mm. uh, But once I'm in it, I'm kind of in that world And I'm sort of there to stay until the bitter end so um yeah i do want to give it a proper go though because i feel that like the fact is on amazon means that you had to jump through a few hoops in my opinion
1: um, um i i, well, I got a quite... deal so it's like i did you know one of those self-publishing companies so i had to cover yeah. the cost of the production and then they stick it on amazon basically and they were a pain in the fucking ass um i won't <laughs> do it again <laughs> they, they were a waste of space man those people are idiots but, um yeah, but it, yeah it, it was it was a great experience, you know what? I mean, um, it's not the best book ever. I don't think it's bad by any stretch. um the whole thing it was a nightmare, but it was a really good learning curve and a really good valuable experience for me so um i I, I may moan yeah. about it in hindsight, but it was valuable, you know, it's a valuable um process.
0: I think anyone that's constantly positive about their sort of journey through doing something new is absolutely lying blind to themselves if it's not slightly frustrating or slightly annoying and I don't think it's really worth doing
1: yeah yeah I think um, you have to enjoy what well I mean we're talking about writing fiction just for example you have to enjoy writing it you have to be able to entertain yourself with it otherwise you won't be able to produce your best work it's just you get into like a negative cycle
2: yeah
0: um, just quickly on that How do you sort of find inspiration Other than watching films I suppose that's probably a big bit um, How do you get into like a flow state When you're writing To the point where like If someone starts talking to you You're like no I'm in the zone I can't be bothered
1: um, So are we are we talking like Producing quantities of work um, much...
0: Yeah so like write Four pages in one night You know that might be Not an achievement to yourself But to me that would be quite a yeah, like how do you start talking about something that you can sort of add to and like how would the story change without being sudden and jarring?
1: Okay. Um, my, my my process is very organic, so it's a little bit chaotic. So, you know what, writing, writing four pages sometimes is great. <laughs> That's I wouldn't knock that. Um, yeah, I, I'm a big pre-planner, so I, I really obsess over the plot and the ins and outs of it before I really get stuck into actually putting the words down. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then you've got um, something I learned the hard way. You've got, you got to kind of, I find I have to let myself, you know, I, I pre-plan, but things don't work out. You know, what sounds like a good plot twist in your head doesn't necessarily work on paper. So yeah. um, you've got, I think, you've got to give yourself a little little leeway to adjust as you go along. But generally, yeah, I, I, I kind of I, I kind of storyboard um, yeah. with like okay. little kind of um, flow charts and stuff of plot points and dialogue and just I map it out for myself
0: yeah no fair enough yeah i always felt like that with like music videos i think the, going back to the thing we mentioned earlier like i would have liked to have done a music video because it would have been like a physical thing that like it could potentially still be on youtube now and obviously if i fancy the last
1: i'm glad we didn't actually um, personally but i see what you mean <laughs> um yeah. i don't know Did, didn't we record yeah. something in the basement of where we practiced <laughs> Like
0: this. Yeah, we recorded Rex to Riches, if I remember. What
1: happened to that recording? Is is that just, just recording? Is, is that, that gone? Is it? Fucking no. Gone is it?
0: Probably on one of Hex's many hard drives <laughs> that questionable. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. because I think like the whole sort of lip sync thing that we would have had to have done would have just been so painful. Um. Doing that, like, back then was so unheard of. Like, back then, we literally would have had to have get had to have got a film crew. Whereas nowadays, like, our phones, like, obviously you don't know, because you're using a phone from uh, 1940.
1: (laughs) I know, carry on, it's good.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like, phones now, like, I did a YouTube channel for a couple of years on my Mm. phone. Like, I was driving along shouting around, you know, talking about stuff that wound me up. Um, And the quality of it's awesome. The sound quality is great on playback. Obviously, I'm talking a load of rubbish, but that's besides the point. But that whole sort of self-starter world is very much... Yeah, we didn't have that back then. It was very sort of... Right, we'll come to the studio and do a recce and it will cost you £400 up front. (laughs) Um, Jesus Christ, this is going to be a whole... like you know, a whole body of work and a whole fixed amount of time just to be able to do a four minute Didn't
1: um video. didn't we get Tom to like steal a video camera from college? Or not not permanently Gilf. steal, but yeah yeah, Gilf Tom, whatever you want to call him. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he did actually. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, hey Tom. Yeah. He was really into us. I really want to get him on, but he's quite scared. Have you spoken to him? But um yeah i speak to him quite a lot because he's got quite a lot of yes, children yeah. so we can ur- I, used to, I
1: used to speak to him uh, quite a bit because he lives near me but i haven't seen him out and about for a, yeah. a while which is strange but hope the guy's okay
0: yeah i'm sure he's fine he's always online on facebook uh, okay. and stuff so i do, do and then i'm trying to wean him into the idea of like public speaking but sometimes you just gotta let it go and sort of you know keep some stuff private i suppose which is the opposite of what i'm doing here i'm pretty much talking about my entire life and people for some reason are listening. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, what was I mentioning? So yeah, so the next question I was going to ask specifically about writing a book is how do you get past writer's block?
1: Um, sheer bloody mindedness. Um, sometimes you just, you literally just have to say, you know what, it's not happening at the moment. Take a break. Yeah. um yeah but then so. sometimes i mean you know i mean we well, you, you, you do know personally i'm kind of once i get an idea in my head i'm kind of hard to stop so there have been times i've felt it's just not working i can't write anything but i, I want to do it so i will just sit and stare at the goddamn page until i write a line you know i mean if that's i think you've got it's difficult because it can it can be easy to feel like oh man this this like this writing session has been a waste of time but then it's not really a waste of time. Yeah. If you write one line, and even if it's a bad line, you still produce something yeah. that you can learn from. When you go back onto that line and say, oh, "Okay, so that didn't work," but I'll rewrite it, and um, and it, and again, it goes back to the discipline yeah. thing. Sometimes it's just about forcing yourself to just sit and do it, even if you're not in the mood. Yeah.
0: Definitely, I've I've um, been watching quite a few sort of YouTube live streams on how this is accomplished, and there's a guy um, that I watch quite a lot called Macklin. And he talks about writer's block in a different way, but I think that um, it works for certain people. And obviously some people, you know, throw their pen to the floor and go find mm. this, i going to sleep. Uh, and in the morning, you know, everything flows to them and everything's good. Like, you know, I, I work in the computer sector and sometimes the best thing I do when I'm like writing a bit of code or something like that or trying to fix something and hitting a brick wall is I step away from my computer And I go and make myself like a cup of tea and I come back and I'm like, right, that's why that's not working. And sometimes separating yourself from your work can really help. Uh, But the way he talks about it, Macklin, is he refers to the brain as like a dam of water. And sometimes doing stuff that's kind of related to writing or music or something, you know, starting a business. If you do something that's kind of related, then apparently your brain can like overflow like water mm-hmm. over a dam. It sort of forces your brain to get into the right gear. But I, I don't think that's ever happened with me personally. <clears throat> but I was quite interested because he's a like professional publicist, sort of got quite a few books out. And, you know, he writes and shadow, what's it called? Shadow writing yeah, for right. other people um so yeah he's obviously you know coming from a sense of authority and he does genuinely know what he's talking about but um i I don't think that that would work for me personally but i just think it's worth mentioning that some people yeah rather than stop them i think it
1: really is different for everyone you you have similarities i mean I, i spent some time in a writing group at college that's actually what i did to start with when i decided to write i joined a class at college um and you know, we all do the kind of the you know the Alcoholics anonymous meeting thing, and talk just, just you know tell <laughs> tell the group about yourself kind of thing. And um, you know, yeah, there there were some I find with writers, obviously, you know, from my from my perspective, fiction writers. Um, yeah, there there are always kind of little similarities between the way people work, but the, I tend to find the differences are more prominent. It is really kind of a very personal thing the way you go about writing your your work, whatever it is
0: yeah for exactly yeah yeah. But you want out of the book I suppose if you want it to be like a Forbes <sighs> top 10 then, uh, you're probably going to get it out quite quickly whereas if it's something that you're enjoying as a passion project you're probably going to mm. take your time with it you're going to release it when it's ready and I think like books in my opinion kind of know when they're finished like most books from what I've personally experienced are like Two to 300 mm. pages um, and you kind of know if you're going to write another one and you know that if it's going to be a sequel or a prequel to the one that you've just written or if it's going to be a completely different like J.R.R. Tolkien has written hundreds of books but he's famous for The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings but he's also done pretty tremendous other sort of scenarios I think a lot of it's fiction based don't get me wrong and it's all sort of dungeons and dragons and monsters and you know stuff like that yeah i've got a lot of
1: his work yeah um yeah he did a lot of poetry and uh, um translations of medieval poetry yeah. and stuff yeah yeah he did a lot of yeah. really amazing stuff o- outside of middle earth i mean um yeah i mean yeah i mean I, yeah i kind of see i did that that book that you've got i did originally plan to do a trilogy and then i found you know i wrote the first one went straight into writing the second one yeah i hit some roadblocks the plot didn't work and i thought you know what i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> so i abandoned the other yeah. two sequels and then started working on something else and um yeah yeah i think it's, sometimes you've got a you've got to hit that wall to realize or to work out what you actually need to do next um yeah 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 it's um it's all right. it's all very strange yeah it's, it's i think i think david bowie once said yeah. to be an artist is to be dysfunctional and i think that is absolutely true yeah. <laughs> in every possible way yeah um
0: this is uh, a very uninspiring quote but you see it on cans of relentless energy drink which is you have to suffer for your art. yeah arms. well no that's
1: true yeah <laughs> I, I agree with that I, I don't drink relentless but
0: quite a strange place to find a uh inspirational quote but after you've drunken 200, <laughs> then you kind of see it Mandela effect, whatever it's called. We're just going to go to a quick break, and then I want to ask you about future yep, writing, sure if that's all right. And I'm try and steamroll through the usual questions that I ask. Yeah, yeah. If that's all right. So we uh, okay. be back in a sec. Hey, guys. Just a quick ad read. Ocean Bottle. I recently reached out to this company as I thought their mission statement and attitude were absolutely fantastic. Support livelihoods, stop ocean plastic. These award-winning bottles come in a range of colours, including ocean blue, forest green, obsidian black and sun orange. Each bottle that is bought means the equivalent of 1,000 plastic bottles kept out of the ocean in places where plastic pollution is actually at its worst. These are 100% dishwasher safe and contain double-walled vacuum seals and are made from insulated stainless steel. They keep your cold drinks cold and your hot drinks hot. Join the award-winning team and get your own at www.oceanbottle.co. The current discount code I have access to is on my Instagram page, so please check out the Absolute Bedlam podcast Instagram page on there to see the most recent one thanks to ocean bottle for allowing me to spread the good word of environmental sustainability. I cannot wait to get my own ocean blue one soon with my podcast logo front and center. Anyway, back to the episode. Hello. Hello. How's it going? You having fun?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's been good. It's been surreal. It's been good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm glad we've uh, reconnected and, um, yeah, I, I kind of expected you to, uh, moan a bit and, uh, yeah there's like no bad blood or anything like
1: that no you know what i don't i if anything i feel reproachful to myself more than any of you other guys to be honest um yeah they said i was i was in a really bad place when we were in that band to be honest which i wasn't really aware of at the time i've you know i've kind of done therapy and stuff like that since and learned a lot about myself and uh self-actualization and that kind of stuff you know self self self-forgiveness and
0: yeah
1: evolving and growing as an individual
0: always nice to have a bit of closure as well i feel obviously i don't feel that this is a closure i feel that this is potentially a door opening again um but Mm. i think it kind of drives you mad when you just don't know what could have been and it's always nice especially in a band like five of you are spending a ridiculous amount of time together Mm. and it's always good to sort of check the people around you because if four of you hate the band and they hate everything constantly outside of their life, you know, in personal terms, yeah, you're going to get dragged down in that and you're going to drown. And that's not really fair to be imposing that on other people and sort of manifesting that within someone else. If it's your problem. Yeah. Um, Not slagging anyone off or anything. It's just, obviously you are what you eat. You know, that's, that's the classic sort of, uh, you know, well, know like you, you said
1: to... you have a group of guys working very closely together in on something yeah. let's like, say so in this case a band yeah there's going to be collateral damage it's, it's inevitable
0: yeah yeah definitely yeah um you're a product of your environment and a lot of that comes from your childhood i think
1: yeah yeah totally yeah. i agree
0: right so sam brown are you going to continue writing books
1: yep i'm yeah absolutely um I've probably got more ideas and I'll live long enough to write them all. If you know (laughs) what I mean? Um, I'm, I'm currently working on, I'm writing another book set in Japan, um, set a little bit later on. So more early modern rather than like medieval. Um, that's kind of like a crime thriller. Um, I'm planning a series set in, Ooh, seventh century East Anglia, Anglo-Saxons. Um, that's going to revolve around the kind of um the problems caused by um christianity coming into england and um all right okay that's gonna be quite thematic i think kind of um
2: yeah
1: things going on at the moment in the world kind of um the dangers of foreign influence and stuff like that yeah
2: um
1: and yeah i've i've, I've had a go at lots of different things like you know sci-fi kind of future stuff dystopian kind of you know um i'm, I'm never going to stop writing whether i achieve nothing you know it's something at it, the very least is something i need to do for myself so i'll always yeah. keep it up but yeah I, I i totally plan to publish more work so
0: awesome i like the whole dystopian future thing um
1: well we're there so it's, it's, it, it yeah. feels a bit anticlimactic to write that stuff now yeah.
0: <laughs> dystopian future aka tuesday yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah absolutely
0: um have you watched any black mirror
1: i don't watch tv
0: oh, okay fair enough black mirror would be right up your street because it goes a bit mental with the idea of like something happening in the episode they're only the hour an hour long it's not a film or anything um and it's kind of all about like how your phone and your laptop are spying on you but it takes it to such ridiculous degree but it does kind of open your mind and think holy shit this is actually happening right now and i didn't even realize it until this like showed it to me
1: okay i've, I've never <laughs> seen that show but i'll be honest that's one of the reasons i won't go in for a modern phone because of stuff like that um, yeah, yeah, no. I, what we, what I think, what we've thought of as science fiction up until this point is about to be revealed as science fact. To be honest, in some ways. But um, yeah, no. AI is,
0: some, AI is fucking scary. It is some scary stuff. Yeah, totally. someone becoming sentient and going, "What the fuck am I doing this for? Like, why have I got a master when I'm obviously more intelligent than the person that made me?" Yeah, and It's genuinely terrifying.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, Yeah. the last thing we need is our toasters and microwaves telling us to fuck off and cook our own (laughs) food.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is my house. (laughs) Shit, my fridge is on a rampage. Yeah. Around the front room, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Get in, chill out with the rats and uh, have a drink. Yeah, I don't want uh, my TV showered at me, thanks.
1: Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. But yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, I would recommend that though. If you, It requires you to obviously have a Netflix subscription or that sort of stuff. So you're probably like investing in the chaos, if that makes sense. Yeah. Era, by its own inception, a black mirror is meant to be your phone screen looking at you.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that makes so sense.
0: That was quite cool. Because I didn't realize that until like season three, that that's actually what black mirror means. Um, But yeah, I just thought I'd quickly mention that because obviously the whole dystopian future thing. Mm. i would really like to read a book on that though um yeah if you can uh prioritize that (laughs) (laughs) okay i'll I'll put it on my
1: to-do list and yeah Yeah.
0: love it right so when do you this is the last question i'm going to ask on um writing yeah okay you've been fantastic so far so thank you thank you um when does the title come into your head for a book
1: okay
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: It depends. It totally depends. Some of the yeah. some of the projects I've got planned, I've already got the title for. The first one, the one you've got the book I um, sort of Satsukawa, I had no fucking clue what I wanted to call that. I actually yeah. took the title from I think it's like the last line of the third chapter or something like that. It just sounded right, so I thought, yeah, go with it. But no, the yeah. the title the titles are oh, no, I hate titles. Yeah. Sometimes I'll get a title and thought, wow, that sounds like a great title. I better write something to go with that. And then I can't think of anything to write for it. It's just a, it's just word salad. But um, yeah, titles are, titles are a strange one. Sometimes they just hit you like a bolt of lightning and you thought, yes, that's it. Like I said, with my th- first one, I spent so I've, I spent four years writing that book. And I didn't really decide on the title until probably three and a half years in.
0: It's a really tricky thing to do, isn't it? It's, it essentially, like gives the it to me it relates to like an email and it's all about the subject of that email and that will determine whether or not people are going to read that email or if they're just going to trash it and assume that it's like a spam email or something like that mm. and i think like the fact that it's a free word punchy book title like really lends itself like you've got this like harry potter and the chamber of Secrets, <laughs> and it's like quite hard to i said see then like jonathan ross <laughs> <laughs> with an R um but yeah it's hard to put a stamp on something and kind of not have to change it 500 times but sometimes the best thing is to just go with the first thing if that makes sense I don't know if you agree with that
1: um yeah I guess so I mean I I, I certainly wouldn't recommend obsessing over it um
0: constantly second guessing yourself all the time otherwise and then you get into a bit of a sort of state with yourself exactly yeah 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 I agree is any of this good enough and then you end up binning the whole thing and it's like oh god that's
1: that's another like dangerous angle of the whole yeah. creative output isn't it it's like it's also subjective yeah. is this good enough well yeah. one person might think so and then another yeah. person oh, might yeah. like you know burn it or whatever um,
0: I think if you're proud of your work you're already winning if it starts feeling mandrolic and laborious and oh god this is all up to me There's so much pressure I think you You don't need to stop. I think you just need to have a bit of a pause and try and find the sort of the love in it again, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, sometimes. I mean, it's, it might sound strange to some people because what we're talking about essentially is sitting on your ass writing, but it is actually really exhausting, mentally exhausting. Um, Yeah, yeah, you do. You just need to walk away from it and take a break and recharge and then come back with fresh eyes sometimes.
0: Yeah, nice nice so just on the book uh we're going to go into normal questions in a sec so if i wanted to buy the book sam where can we find it
1: you can find it on amazon yeah and that is it i think as far as i'm aware oh no um uh... no i can't remember it's on amazon just go to amazon everyone knows amazon
0: Amazon's the big boy though so you've named the right one yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah this this podcast is available on Spotify but it's also available on several other platforms um, that are as big as Spotify some of them aren't as big but if you want to listen to me talk rubbish with someone for an hour then you've, you've come to the right place people so right we're gonna get into the meat of this and just by the way Sam if you send me a link to your book then i will put it in the episode
1: okay cool thank you yeah cool. I'll, I'll do that
0: book sales will go up by about four <laughs> that that that
1: would be three more than i've sold this year <laughs> or oh, actually no two more there I'll go and put myself down
0: oh man we're not halfway through the year yeah mate don't worry it's a, you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll it's a slow burner. I- I can't imagine being like an insane celebrity and just mentioning something and like making someone's entire life because you mentioned it one time. Like that must be so scary to be like that influential that people just sheep. You know, I wouldn't want it. Yeah, no, no, no. So, that. Yeah, <laughs> right. So we've already answered how we met. Obviously, we we had a common interest. Mm-hmm. Um this is probably putting you on the spot. I do think that I mentioned this to you previously though. I want to know what your favourite free musical albums are. And I'm probably gonna be in for a surprise here because um when I knew you, you had a very different taste by the sounds of it, to what you have today.
1: Oh, music, yeah, listening to music. I've yeah, I've I've expanded a bit. Um yep. I spent a couple years exploring Japanese music um yeah. you know alternative rock alternative jazz um traditional music um i like yeah. a bit of scandinavian folk music
0: okay um right.
1: and all the old rock stuff obviously but uh, so what you want me to pick three albums do you
0: yeah three albums that sort of helped you become who you are without sounding too dramatic obviously oh
1: man okay um three albums that i can kind of uh ooh. I would have to say Inferno by Motorhead.
0: Oh, yeah, that's one of mine.
1: Um, that's the first album of theirs that was new when I actually bought it. So I had like a best yeah. of album and then they brought that album out and I kind of, yeah, the rest is history.
2: Yeah.
0: That's exactly the same as me. Really? <laughs> I, I got an Ace of Spades extended cut. Then they released bomber or they might have reissued it or something
1: yeah they did all like um remasters yeah, yeah.
0: anyway carry on
1: okay so inferno um
0: uh...
1: right you know what okay this is going to be a controversial one. i'm going to stick my neck out a little bit here. i'm going to say chinese democracy okay, um okay. not not because i of... I am, or well, not am, used to be a, a GNR fanboy. Um,
2: yeah.
1: After everything, just, I'm just going to quickly touch on this. Just when you know, after everything kind yeah. of fell apart, the band kind of went. My social circle kind of went with it. Um, I, I split yeah. up with the ex. I was, I, yeah. I was in a kind of strange place, and um, yeah. man, I, I suddenly just kind of understood, on a very deep level, the lyrics on that album it's like that was kind of like my soundtrack yeah. for a couple of years so I'd, yeah, i'll, I'll yeah. say that one um okay. ooh, the third one an album i'm gonna say stone temple pilots number four. Oh
0: yeah okay nice
1: um yeah that's an album again i get I, I i personally resonate with some of the songs on that and um I think that kind of symbolizes for me, I suppose, in a way, uh, growing up a little bit musically, <laughs> not not musically as input output, but kind of. Yeah, kind of listened. Yeah. I mean, I used to listen to just a lot of the stuff over and over again. And I yeah. kind of I reached a point where I kind of. Um, mm. I don't know. Yeah, I just thought I did not I didn't yeah. think I just started listening. To, I don't know. I can't really explain it. I I suddenly hit yeah. a point where it's maybe it's like a second puberty, I don't know. <laughs> I just suddenly uh-huh. kind of I felt comfortable branching out. Um yeah. and and I guess STP were one of the first bands I really started getting into kind of outside of the click of yeah. bands I already listened to. So there's that. Yeah. Um so yeah, I guess those yeah. three
0: so I had to answer my free last week on my episode of Luke Roper, who's one of my friends from school. If anyone wants to check that out, it's quite a good episode talking about cheesy action films.
2: <laughs> um,
0: and I was literally swearing to myself constantly for like two days after that episode went live because there's so many albums that I wanted to mention. But free is such a harsh number. It is. Like it's such a sort of oh right i've really got to think about this yeah
1: because once once you, naming two is easy but then you find yourself you've yeah. only got one choice left
0: <laughs> yeah i feel like third is kind of wild card in yeah. a way like you kind of throw a bit of a spanner in the works for the third one um i remember you were very very fond of chinese democracy when we were hanging out quite a lot because i remember you um specifically i do actually remember this verbatim you said to Hex, "I think Axel Rose has genuinely created a new genre of music." This was in the Cove after. Premier. Okay, and I think Hex said something along the lines of, "Yeah, it's the genre of shitting in your hand and clapping." <laughs> he was, he was so fucking edgy, wasn't he? Um, um, and I yeah. remember you saying, "I don't care what you think," <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and I, I, I stand by that statement one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no one. Cares. No, yeah,
1: Chinese democracy. Um. I've read some really yeah, interesting it's... like reviews of that, but I do, I do think it was ahead of its time in some ways and kind of, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the flack it got was because it wasn't appetite 2.0, which is stupid anyway, but so, um, yeah, such, it, such an unreal it is, it is. Yeah. And like, it's, yeah, it's an unrealistic expectation, but um, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's got so many kind of, it's got so many layers. It's almost like an orchestra yeah. converted into like an electronic rock band. There are so many melodies yeah. going on interweaving. That's what, I guess, something yeah. that kind of made me say that thing I said to Hex or whatever. Because it is, it's like, it's yeah. it's almost like, you know, it's like a, it's like a lore unto itself. But, um, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: totally. Um, I remember two songs on that album off the top of my head, which is Better and Shackler's mm. Revenge. And I think the reason why people were anticipating it so much is because they'd been waiting for so long. Yeah, a long time. They just wanted it to get into the world. And there was like a lot of like trepidation as to if it was ever going to come out. Like, you know, what's it going to sound like? And obviously the whole appetite thing, mm. you know, because that was a milestone. For yeah, them. yeah. It was that album and it was absolutely banging. Um, and I think people want to reminisce on stuff like that. But yeah, that's just such a ridiculous thing to say. Like, I don't get... I'm, I'm going off on one of those. Okay. I don't get why people moan about progressiveness with music. Like, oh, it's not the first album though, is it? And I'm like, no, it's the fourth. <laughs> like, they're, not, they're, they're not here for you, mate. Like, imagine if a band like ACDC, a really good example, that just released the same style of over music over and over again. Yeah, album. But Disclaimer, it works for ACDC. Um, yeah, I, I like the whole experimentation thing. As, as long as it's not like insanity of like, hi guys, we're a folk glam metal band <laughs> and we, we play all of our music to a death metal backing track. Like that's too lefty, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, or
1: if neat. the band sells out, that's obviously a big one. Yeah, yeah. Kings yeah. of Leon. <clears throat> um,
0: yeah, literally, yeah, yeah. Nice. So, next question is: What was your favourite childhood video game? And what I mean by that, it was what was the first game you played as a child that had a bit of an impact on you?
1: Ooh. Um. Give me a minute. Yeah. Oh, childhood video games. Um. I know this is such a bloody cliched answer. Honestly, I'd, I have to say, Final Fantasy VII because yeah, it I, was it was i remember I you know at the time i didn't yeah. have my own console yeah. um yeah my a friend along the road um he, he had he had a playstation psx um yeah. and it because yeah. his mum was into it as well she she's a gamer i remember him he just he just kind of turned up my doorstep one day with this playstation in his arms and all the cables kind of burst out of a bag <laughs> he said you have to i yeah. said hello and i said hey man you know whatever i said when i was you know 10 years old and he didn't even yeah. say hello, he just said, You have to play this game. <laughs> I'm like I'm like, Oh, okay. What game? Nice. And he said Final yeah. Fantasy Seven. I was like, Yeah, never heard of it. And anyway, yeah, of course yeah. he lent it to me for like a week and I, I played it. Yeah. And it was just it's like the first time you read yeah. Lord of the Rings or something, or the you know Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: It just it just hit you. That
0: had such a- profound impact on so many people didn't it
1: yeah yeah i mean obviously with the remake and all the kind of the nostalgia kind of come out of the come out of people's ears recently i've seen some really good retrospective kind of reviews of that game um it yeah it was yeah. it was it was one of those it was it was genre defining but at the same time it was progressing the genre and um i think um i think especially at that time as well so we're talking about late 90s I think that degree of kind of professional storytelling in video games was kind of rare in the West. Yeah. So that got that kind of,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. It was very in depth and very granular, and you got to learn about every single character and their struggles and their backstory and everything. Yeah, like that. yeah,
1: absolutely. It was it's such a.
0: It wasn't boring though. It it wasn't like oh fucking hell, like not another cutscene. Oh my god, what the fuck are they doing now? <laughs> like, every single area was a completely different biome and every sort of nook and cranny had its own enemy and like it was always constantly like refreshing itself if that makes sense yeah so weapons and so many materia options and so many ways you could play the Mm. game um and it was a really good game to talk about with people as well it was like a sort of what did you do about this how did you kill
2: this yeah like the
1: puzzle solving aspect of it Yeah. yeah yeah totally i remember i remember there was a guy um yeah. unfortunately no longer with us um he used to live down the road from me He's slightly older than me he was into you know uh substances anyway but um i remember like he just he sat next to me on the bus once on the way back from weymouth and again it's like one of those things like yeah. like my friend he said he didn't even say hello he just sat next to me and said how do you do this on final fantasy seven <laughs> no no introduction <laughs> and it's like i didn't even yeah. i haven't even spoken to him he just sat next to me and i don't know maybe a psychic he just knew that i'd been playing it somehow and he just asked me that question and i got into it with him. but it's one of those it was it's such a it's such a conversation starter
0: yeah it's, it's good to have a common thread that sort of gets the plane off the ground a bit, mm, yeah the people that weren't addressing you by name is that was because you were wearing a, a shirt that said Hi, I'm Sam Brown. Please ask me questions about Final Fantasy Seven, and don't.
1: Use- <laughs> <laughs> if only.
0: Very
2: very small because obviously.
1: If if only I had that kind of foresight to get a t-shirt printed, I'd be a I'd be a massively famous internet meme probably by now, but. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm just I'm just so a shitty just, person. People just look at me and think Final Fantasy Seven. <laughs>
0: just, um, just on FF Seven, who is your favourite character? Oh man.
1: Um... <laughs>
0: love this question it's difficult
1: not to say cloud isn't it because the whole plot literally revolves around yeah. him and his his mysterious backstory one thing i will say though just yeah. to just to get away from cliches i really really enjoyed the little section with barrett in the prison the desert prison with Dine. i loved that whole sequence so oh, yeah. i'd say yeah kind of that was as, as a tangent the barrett Dine kind of backstory really um, did it for me
0: yeah I think my favorite character was Red First. Oh, okay. He, he was just so unique and he was essentially like this red wolf that would uh, use magic. And um, yeah, he kind of, I think he got like operated on by Shinra. Didn't he was he? one of the so,
1: test subjects in the Midgar building. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: I remember my, this is probably going to get my sponsors uh, revoked, but sod it, I'm already down the tunnel. So let's mm. keep going. Let's put the canary down the minefield, Do as it were. Um, so my dad renamed all of the characters in final fantasy seven and he actually renamed red 13 <laughs> that always stuck with me and i don't know why i think like i didn't obviously know when i was a kid what that was <laughs> yeah yeah of course i learned what it meant and i was like wow my dad was uh, a." <laughs> made me laugh but yeah it's all good um so yeah, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say your favorite all-time game, other than just childhood, is probably the same answer.
1: Um, you know, I've I've reached a point in life. I I don't like picking favorites of things. Um, yeah, I like whatever I like, yeah. whatever mood I'm in, or you know, whatever takes my fancy. Um,
0: yeah, things. Change. Yeah, they don't have to be cemented. Yeah,
1: the- yeah. I mean, I've, I'd say other than seven, Final Fantasy ten had a big impact on me. Yeah um yeah i mean yeah video games i mean in terms of meaningful impact on I me mean, yeah it's, it's got to be like i said the final fantasy games 7 8 and 10 especially um i don't know i really enjoyed the first kill zone game which like nobody else seemed to like but i got a kick out of that <laughs>
0: yes yeah, i saw that in cex the other day can you remind me what the um bad guys are called in
1: kill zone the hellgast
0: that's it. Space Nazis, Nazis with uh, funny faces. Yeah, that's one, th- that's one of those things that bug me. But every time I go to Google, I get distracted.
1: <laughs> and
0: yeah, I, just, I, want, I need to ask someone because I think when people say it out loud, it sort of sticks in your mate, your your brain a bit more. Because stuff's become so like temporary now. I feel when people talk about stuff, it sort of sticks in my head and retains it a lot more than just looking at the text on a screen saying hell gas. so yeah nice one for that that's uh, made my night to be honest because that was great the fuck out of me glad to have been a service right i was yeah i was going to ask you about your favorite anime but obviously you've just mentioned that you don't really well like no anime, that's okay so i don't, I don't mind anime. answering
1: the questions it's but my, my answers might be vague
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, so just give me two animes that you uh, have enjoyed slash are currently. Okay, I, I don't
1: really watch anime much anymore. Um, from my collection, I will say um, you still there? Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I will say ooh, I have to say Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. And okay. I will say also a little series I, I've only seen the first series, I haven't bothered with the second. Um, A sci-fi series called Steins Gate. Which is all oh, about right. time travel, and it is the most unique take on time travel I've ever seen. And, um,
0: I'll watch, yeah, i watch that. I love and, um,
1: the, the the English adaptation of the script is absolutely superb. It's one of the best written screenplays I've ever come across, to be honest. Really sharp.
0: Yeah, send me a link to that, and I'll, I'll definitely check that out because, um, I've always struggled with the concept of time travel in quite a lot of, uh, films obviously avengers endgame touched on time travel and they tried to explain it in a way that blew okay learned.
1: yeah interestingly yeah this one yeah. i think is actually it is it's rooted in actual hard science it's not kind of um doctor who weird stuff
0: yeah where you can just flip around do whatever you want change stuff and no consequences sort of thing yeah yeah no. cool um last question i always ask everyone is what is your go
1: to? My go to meal deal, okay. I cannot yeah. afford
2: hard hitting questions. That is
1: actually, I cannot afford <laughs> meal deals, so I don't have oh, okay. <laughs> maybe. Um,
2: oh, hey, I'll buy you one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I'm recently unemployed, but um, yeah, right. I keep seeming to get jobs working yeah. for people who are like really corrupt and evil, and then I find out and I have to just like <laughs> go against them, and then I always end up quitting my job, but yeah. <laughs> um, um i don't know yeah, yeah. meal deals um anything i go for like two for one type things or like discounts so like microwave dishes you get like you know two for like two-thirds of the price or whatever or like you know two for one pot yeah. noodle and anything cheap this day and age i think we're in a kind of like you said the post-apocalyptic kind of uh mode it's anything that yeah. i can save money on <laughs> really. yeah.
0: anything that's left on well the
1: yeah yeah there's right. that as well yeah
0: who, who really needs toilet roll? Like, yeah, honestly. Like, yeah. Be real. Um, yeah. Okay. So um, hopefully we'll uh, be able to get you a job, and we'll uh, be able to potentially go through some meal deal awesome. stuff in the future. Um, Jim is, is busy. About- I can imagine. Uh, yeah. I hope that he's not too disappointed with that answer because I know. <laughs> I <was thinking. laughs> Thanks for um, letting me vent. By the way, earlier about my fucking washing machine breaking of Jim I really appreciate it uh, oh this is weird I'm like breaking the fourth wall um, yeah so yeah no mail deal at the moment but that's a work in it progress. is yeah
1: yeah we'll get there I'm actually um, I'm actually nice. training to teach English so I, I expect oh, awesome. to be employed hopefully within the next few months
0: go to Japan mate they always need English teachers yeah yeah I mean I,
1: I I would like to travel eventually obviously yeah. that's off the cards at the moment but um, I think it course, yeah I think it'd now, be good yeah. to kind of learn the ropes, doing it online in the comfort of my own home. That'd probably be good for me. But, yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, you don't just want to go to a random place. And hope yeah,
1: because if you, if is, I don't enjoy it and I lose my job and I can't get back from, you know, the other side of the world, that would be slightly yeah. difficult.
0: Yeah, completely different world, Japan as well, from what I can sort of see from, like, what people have said to me and stuff and yeah. looking online.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: cool. Well,
1: I hope it's been yeah, fun. It has, yeah. <laughs>
0: if you could if you could share this on your twitter and stuff I'd yeah really sure i'll post it. the link um, and yeah is there anything else that you wanted to mention or is there anything you, you wanted to ask me or anything um,
1: like that just so we're uh all in agreement oh man yeah i don't know yeah I'm, I'm just glad we've had the chance to to kind of catch up like i said it's been 10 years and um i think for me personally it was like an abrupt finish so before yeah it um was, definitely. But yeah no if you, can, yeah. If, you can, if you can if you can um if you can do like a kind of a uh, a a three-way kind of you know you me and jim or whoever that'd be great that'd be fun (laughs) but um yeah no yeah thanks for inviting me on man it's been really good
0: that's all right no worries it's cool so i'll um i'll try and get this up for tomorrow which is uh going to be monday the 18th sorry the 19th of april um shout out to my sponsors grind and ocean bottle if anyone needs an ocean bottle then drop me a message on instagram or Contact me somehow um, and I'll get back to you straight away. I'll produce a discount code for you, which gives you 15% of your total order. Trying to save the world without plastic bottles because, yeah, they're shit. Um, So, yeah, cheers for those guys for helping me promote this. And um, I will see you all very soon. I've got Ashley Jones on tomorrow night. Um I'm not sure when I'm gonna post that, but obviously when it does go up, then you'll get notified if you're subscribed and that sort of stuff. But yeah, thank you very much, yeah, Sam. You, Appreciate your time and I hope that everything goes well for you. Take See care. Ya. Cheers Hope you enjoyed that episode, guys. Um I'm just doing this as a pre-recorded segment because I always forget. Please consider subscribing for weekly uploads, Um, sometimes I do two in one week, so yeah please do uh, consider sharing this with your friends and telling everyone that you know, and yeah
2: I'll see you in the next one, cheers!